You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Astronauts podcast. My name, Daniel Harms. You can find me on Twitter at inharmsway19. I am your host. This year is my very first year doing it. I appreciate y'all being here. I know we had a little break last week, but even even podcasts need a little bye week because the NFL gets one. And, you know, the, the number one seed in each conference gets one for before the playoffs. So I needed a bye week last <laughs> week, and uh, we're back this week, and we get to welcome back. Jetpack Galileo. You can find him on Twitter at Jetpack Galileo. How are you doing? It's nice to have you back, man. Oh, yeah. So glad to be back. And you've been doing such a great job with the podcast. Just so happy to have been able to hand that off to you. And uh, yeah, it's just been really good listening to all the different guests you've had on. And you've been doing such a great job. So way to go, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun letting the show kind of find itself. I think I started off a little differently. I like the way that it's headed in terms of talking about matchups for the week and not always just talking about everything last week we can always talk about last week as we talk about coming up but there's one place that you can get all of this information you can find a ton of film you can ask questions that's in the fantasy football astronauts discord make sure you guys if you're not in there come on hit me up on twitter hit jetpack up on twitter we'll get you guys links into the discord it's growing exponentially there's going to be a ton of different stuff in there again so much content jetpack and i both put in a ton of film concepts and film clips every single week. So make sure you're getting in there. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we seem to be growing, like I said, exponentially every single week. Jetpack's out there really getting everyone he can to get into the Discord. So that's been growing. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's Last... been good. We have uh, we have uh, 450 people in the Oof, Discord. 450. Which, you know, that's... obviously not everybody's active, but mm-hmm. just as far as unique content, yeah. um, I love the Discord because I'm able to like post outside of the public forum. So that means mm-hmm. that I can post clips of bad, you know, low yeah, lights, right? right? Like, <laughs> well, here's what's going wrong with this player. And you don't, you don't want to put that out there. Right. Um, yeah. But it, but it like, you really want to know what's actually going on. Then you have to do that in some other forum besides Twitter. So discord for us is perfect. Um, you'll see a lot more of, uh, you know, specifics in terms of what some of the players flaws are. And I mm-hmm. think that that's really uh, key to, um, kind of bringing better context to what's going on with all these athletes. Yeah, I love that. And we're going to get t- tons of conversations. It's not just us posting clips and uh, like just saying a little bit of context. There's also like coaches and stuff in there that have a little bit of a different perspective and you teach us at times too. So it's just been a lot of fun to have real conversations and not always have to worry about trying to get the likes on Twitter with right. the, the, <laughs> the great stuff that we like to see every week. You got to talk about everything. And speaking of talking about everything, last week there was a couple of uh, players that really caught our eye. For me, I think, Jalen Hurts, the season that he's having is just indicative of everything that you want from a quarterback who maybe has some misgivings, who isn't the best thrower from the pocket in terms of getting the ball outside the numbers and in the middle, excuse me, in the middle of the field. Outside the numbers is usually where he's trying to target, but in the middle of the field, he's had some issues to this point in his season, in his career. They bring in AJ Brown. Last week, they ran for overall, excuse me, not week 13, but week 12. They ran for over 350 yards on the day as a team. And in this game, it's a complete flip of the uh, script. And they throw for nearly 400 yards with the revenge game of A.J. Brown returning to 
or not returning to, but uh, playing the Tennessee Titans for the first time since his trade. You know, Jalen Hurts has really grown this season. I think obviously having a couple of really great weapons in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown has helped him. The loss of Dallas Goddard has been felt over the last couple of weeks, but this game against Tennessee really showed you that I think he is really growing as a passer, and they are extremely dangerous. So my my Week 13 MVP has to go to Jalen Hurts this week. Yeah, I love that. I I think that um, kind of going into the game, people were pretty excited about the Titans generally because mm-hmm. they they've done well um, in most of their matchups, even against good teams. But um, yeah, you can tell they just attack their weakness, and the Every Eagles week, have done man. a really good job of maximizing whoever it is that they need mm-hmm. to like you know whatever skill set they need to fit into the defense's weakness. They're doing a good job of attacking mm-hmm. that. Like against the Packers, the Packers have never been able to stop a quarterback run. Just, you know, running all over them whenever they want, right? But that's a Packers theme. That's yeah. the Colin Kaepernick 181-yard game in the exactly. playoffs. That, that's, it's just always been that way. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's so cool to see the way that they really exploit, um, you know, whatever the weakness is. And it's and fun to kind of see how far Nick Sirianni's come uh, yeah. just oh, in man. terms of the, the, the people's perception of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was so cold at the beginning, and then now all of a sudden, he, everybody's like, "Oh, this guy—he's the best!" Yeah, right. and, uh, so it's it's great to see. Uh, I think he's definitely Coach of the Year candidate, yeah. um, right up there with Dable, and yeah, just overall, uh, really good stuff. As far as uh, Hertz's game, can I ask kind of more of what you've seen as far as his passing development? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, AJ is obviously great to rely on, but what have you seen in terms of his progression from? last year to this year uh just in terms of like how he's processing things i think the biggest thing is trust and when you're a quarterback a young quarterback especially a a guy who does like to run and bring the ball down and start to look for your your holes and stuff you're not always keeping your eyes up on the field and what jalen has finally i think understood is that yeah he's he can obviously one of the most dynamic rushing quarterbacks in the nfl one of the best athletes at the quarterback position but he also understands that teams as soon as he brings that ball down they are trying to attack him. And I think that's what been one of the bigger things is when you're going through your progressions as a, a quarterback that can hurt teams with their legs, oftentimes you can get lost in the wash and you're not always keeping your eyes up. But we see Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, when they start to get on the move, their eyes don't, they don't, they don't move. They stay on the right. field because they can see everything in front of them. And I think that's slowing down for Jalen Hurts. It does help, obviously, when you have two a gargantuan wide receiver that can just kind of catch everything in his area in AJ, AJ Brown. And then you have a, just a route running imaginative player in Devonte Smith. It does make his job easier, but I think what's the most important thing about playing quarterback is kind of relaxing when you're too tense, you're not going to be able to get through everything and you're going to go to your most wanted thing and your most comfortable thing. And for a lot of the young quarterbacks that have the athletic ability, it's running the football, finding a way to get out. So he looks more comfortable. He looks more just relaxed in the pocket. And I think that's been the biggest thing in his game is that when you can do that, you can get to your reads over the middle of the field. Obviously, you still have some natural ability to get the ball outside the numbers. But I think Hertz this year has taken that step to consciously you know, take some time, read in the pocket. If you've got time, sit there. There's no reason to move. Like he, There was a couple mm-hmm. times against the Titans where he just kind of sat back there and he waited for it to unfold, and, and that's what you have to do. And it's been nice to see him take that step this season and continue to try to get the ball out over the middle of the field because then you can really take those shots downfield. Love that. Yeah, that's great analysis. And definitely, I think, too, just as far as contrasting – Various players. I know like Kenny Pickett's really struggled to stay in the pocket. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll he'll get flushed early. I'm watching Deshaun Watson right now, and um, he's he's very natural as far as how he keeps his eyes downfield. So he yeah. he's even though he didn't play well this last game, um, that's a hallmark of his game, just like it is with Mahomes and and exactly. Josh Allen is keeping his eyes downfield while he's on the move and then creating you know being able to attack deep from all sorts of different places. So love that. So who do you want to talk about for your week 13? Uh, let's just say week 13 MVP. I know you had someone in mind that you wanted to bring up. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, I'm was pretty excited about Drake London's performance uh, just in terms it. of the volume that he was getting. I think you posted to Twitter. He's over, he was over like 50% target share or something mm-hmm. like that. What was the number? I didn't actually post the Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, somebody, saw, there was somebody did. Somebody posted and it was like, Oh yeah. I mean, he, the complete difference from last week to this week in terms of how involved he was, uh, was fantastic. And so even though there are issues that he has, uh, as far as, um, winning all of those matchups or winning every opportunity, he didn't do that great, but just as far as the pure volume that he's now getting in, uh, I, it, it can't be better. Um, it's exactly what you had hoped would have happened two months ago. Um, and so what we're seeing with Drake London is, is now he's being featured in the routes. And so by that, we mean, um, a lot of the concepts are designed for him to be open. He's no longer mm-hmm. doing the like, hey, you're just going to run vertical and you're going to be the clear out guy for Kyle Pitts or for yeah, right. Olamide or, you know, like there were so many times where he was just like a clear out guy. But now it's the opposite. Um, we're seeing uh, people clear out things for him. And that's really what you wanted to see the whole time. And then also Mariota is now uh, throwing him the ball in isolated scenarios. Uh, where he's one-on-one with a guy. Um, and so that's really good to see. And so I don't know if, to me, honestly, it seems like that's less of a Mariota thing and more of a, a scheme thing where mm-hmm. Arthur Smith just wasn't really featuring him. Uh, but now that he's being featured, uh, I think it's a great place to be. Double-digit targets um, and then, you know, hitting 90 yards or whatever, That that's, that's all you can ask for from a, a Marcus yeah. Mariota uh, receiver. Um, but really happy overall with Drake London, where he's headed. I think um, we're finally going to see uh, some of what we'd hoped to see uh, heading into the season. Yeah, and the numbers were, by the way, he had 50% target share and also 47% of the air yards. That's what you're looking for, uh, yeah. especially for a stud number one wide receiver. He has the body type, like you said, in those one-on-one isolation areas that you have to be able to take. And now there's talk about Desmond Ritter possibly being added to this fold and that gets me a little more excited because I, while I do think while you're talking about the scheme wise, taking more chances in those scenarios, Mariota is far less likely to do that. Desmond Nutter is going to do that. He did that last year in Cincinnati multiple <laughs> times with a, a, a guy who's now in, in Indy, who's taking it, taking steps forward as well. I forget the, the name is escaping me. I just can't Alec Pierce, yeah. Alec Pierce. That's who it is. Like yeah. these, these guys are, are similar body types. Um, but True. London, London's a much more refined understanding route runner as well as leverage creator and separator in my opinion not that he's going to be able to continue to do that in the nfl but i really think that desmond ritter would welcome a guy like desmond uh, excuse me a guy like drake london kind of the stylistically you could lean into playing like that like you did at cincinnati so i think that would be a nice marriage if they're going to lean that way so uh, i'm hopeful we'll see what ends up happening but i love that you bring up drake london especially out of this wide receiver group from this past draft class, they've been they've been unstoppable. These guys have been so good. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Now you got Jamison Williams back. Like they've just been such studs. And this is just one of those reminders that I'm going to bring up really quickly. Draft 
rookie wide receivers. This is something you have to do to be successful. And it's not just because they're always going to be in great positions. Like you've got Garrett Wilson in with the Jets. You now have Drake London with the, with the Falcons. Chris Olave's got a- Andy Dalton throwing to him, and there's no one else that even threatens him in terms of catch and catching the football. Jahan Dotson had a few weeks earlier in the season. He's starting to catch on a little bit with Taylor Heineke. These guys are just really, really good players. So make sure you're drafting rookie wide receivers somewhere before everyone else is because this is exactly why they can help you win your fantasy leagues year in and year out, it seems. Yeah, well, I think what's unique about this class is everybody's just kind of down on them from a scouting perspective. Like I even I said, mm-hmm. hey, these these look like a bunch of kind of B players or Robins to the Batmans. Yeah. But we're also looking at a class where you had five guys drafted in the top 16 picks, yeah, in the top half of the first ridiculous. round, which is insane. But it just tells you like these teams are really invested, right? Even if these guys, yeah. you know, to they looked kind of like wide receiver twos on, on their profile, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The teams are going to be getting them the ball. They're going to be featured because um, they're spending so much capital. Like the Saints, they just gave up, you know, a ton of stuff for Olave. And then, you know, all you need is one Michael Thomas injury and then he's the guy. That's it, yep. right? Um, so yeah, d- definitely with you there on the, the rookie wide receiver. <laughs> Pleasantly surprised with what we've seen so far. Garrett Wilson, of course, has come on late, uh, with the quarterback change now. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Christian Watson has been fantastic. Yep. You would Christian. So Christian Watson would be my actual MVP, um, for the week. Uh, yep. I did want to just talk about Drake, but, uh, Watson, uh, able to score from anywhere, uh, now getting all the utility. And just like we were talking about Drake London getting featured in the air yards department, uh, Christian Watson has all of Aaron Rodgers' confidence. Like yeah. he's he's just he's at the point where when he's under pressure, he's just going to chuck it up to Christian Watson. And we're seeing that now. We saw it against the Bears a couple times. Uh, and even though you're not making those completions, uh, there's the co- the confidence is there, and that's such a huge uh, thing for them. Um, so on, on his on his touchdown, uh, that was not planned as far as mm-hmm. like it wasn't a, a route for him to to work outside. That was just the vibe that was the feel of hey you know i'm kind of locked up inside let me let me hop out and you know the ball's right there um so just to see that chemistry working between rogers and watson uh clicking now and you know it's just love to see it so he he's a big name moving forward um as long as rogers is healthy uh he's a guy that i think we can confidently invest in yeah you're not wrong i had my questions about him in terms of a wide receiver coming out but as it turns out with opportunity and space that a guy and a you know offensive coordinator and offensive minded head coach know how to get players in space turns out when you have Aaron Rodgers your quarterback eventually it's going to work out for you so Christian Watson <laughs> right. is finding ways yeah. to score from everywhere on the field because he's just that good of an athlete so a great job everybody involved let's go ahead and look into week 14 this is a we're starting to get into more of a fun slate like we had some real disgusting ugly football slates over the last maybe five weeks last week was a nice refresher a nice job getting from some fun football games we get a few more this week and i want to start by talking about the resurgent lions offense against the minnesota vikings who haphazardly are 10 and 2 on the season i don't think anybody believes in them vegas doesn't believe in them they are two and a half point dogs to the detroit lions who are five and seven that doesn't make any sense, by the Wait, way. They're, they're underdogs? They are underdogs in this oh, game. Wow. They are two and a half point. The Lions are two and a half point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings. 52.5 over under. This Lions offense, by the way, it's it's not just them getting lucky. Ben Johnson is fan 
fantastic. He is going to be getting head coaching looks in the offseason. I almost guarantee it. Mm -hmm. They are making everything work in Detroit right now with Jared Goff. Again, this is uh, – and I know that everyone wants to talk about Jared Goff back when he was with McVeigh. But you guys remember Jared Goff with McVeigh in the last year of his career of his of his time there? It wasn't very good. They're doing a good job getting all these playmakers in space. But the focal point of this offense, Alan Ross St. Brown and Jandre Swift when he's healthy. So what is going on here with the Lions offense? Is Swift finally back in terms of his health? I see he's back up on the injury report uh this week once again. Are these two guys just that good? Do you do you actually think that it's just them carrying uh, Jared Goff, or do you think there's a little bit more to it? Uh, well, yeah, the offensive line I think is playing really well, um, mm-hmm. and so when you have that and you have all these weapons, things it, things will work itself out. Um, when I did my projections this year, it was very weapons focused rather than quarterbacks focused. Okay, so if if you had good receivers, then and you know those guys are going to make the plays for you, and that's where you're going to get. Uh, a lot of your success. And so um, when we, we talk about weapons driving the offense, um, the Lions have all of those options available to them now. And mm-hmm. now that Jamison Williams is back, I hope they can work him in a little bit more. But um, I, I'm excited for where they're headed just as a whole. They have somebody now to stretch the field yeah. along with DJ Chark, right? Um, yeah, take all this away. And now Amonra, of course, he can score two touchdowns in 100 yards whenever he wants. <laughs> um, and and so that that's really beautiful to see. Um but yeah, as far as Swift being healthy, I'm confident in him. I think the mm-hmm. injury report thing is more just that they have to check things off um, and say, "Oh yeah, we you know held him out of this or or that." But that's all just to keep him rested. Um, I, I think he's back, um, should be ready to go as far as all that. So I, I'm confident starting him or playing him uh, against these Vikings. Um, and I had a, I had a, a buddy in my my league. He he started both Jamal and Swift last week uh, to make it into playoffs. Um, oh, so man. I, you know, just thought that was such a Chad move by him. So just really great, right? You can, we're at the point where you can start both lines running backs. Um, but um, I think for me, Swift is Swift is back. I'd be confident to play him. Absolutely. You look at it last week. I think that they are they're confident with the work that he got. I think that's the big thing here is you can see that they're getting him more of the football. And yeah, I love that you could start both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift if you have them in the same league. That's a cheat code to me right now because he scores every single week. Jamal Williams is a touchdown waiting to happen, funnily enough. And they always seem to find ways to have Amon Ra fall at the one-yard line or DeAndre Swift fall at the one-yard line. And it's like, hey, Jamal, go score this touchdown for us because we're just going to push everybody up off the offensive on the defensive line and you can just score. Again, I think your point about the offensive line is the most underrated part of this Lions group. And it was the strength coming in. I think that people kind of forget this Lions offensive line has a ton of top talent in it. They had some injuries, but it looks like they're getting guys back. But they also had guys like Dan Skipper that was who was an older guy coming in off the practice squad, being making, playing considerable time and actually being good at tackle and guard. They've done a great job of getting all these guys involved on in the offensive line. And when you can run from so many different formations, you can run gap, you can run power, you can run zone successfully it really puts a defense into a bind because what do you want to get gashed in the run game for 10, 15 yards? Or do you want to let them throw behind you with Amon Ross St. Brown and then down the field with DJ Chark? And now you're adding Jameson Williams. They just have so many different weapons and it. I, I can't believe we're talking about the lions offense being so fun. Like oh. I, I, I think that <laughs> this is one of those 
gotcha seasons. Like there's been a lot of weird stuff. This might be the weirdest thing I think that's gone on this season. So let's switch a little over to the Vikings because like I I mentioned earlier, 10 and two, no one really believes in them. Obviously the fact that they're not favored in a game against the Detroit lions tells you that uh, there's a little bit of non-belief in the Vikings. And it, it does feel to me like this could be a Dalvin cook spot. The lions defense against the run really in, in terms of the entire defense hasn't been great this season. And I do think that the Vikings offensive line is, is a little hurt. Now you don't have your left tackle, but they're, 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 I think this is a game that Dalvin cook could come in and really help set them up to win this game. How do you feel about it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Dal- I think Dalvin's back too. Um, not that he ever left, but just, yeah. 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 I mean, just as far as getting into the rhythm and you start to see, things pick up at the end of the season teams got to make playoffs. So they're actually going to lean on their best players rather than kind of keep guys alive. Um, yeah. Dalvin's back. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go bet on the Vikings right now because if you're an underdog, it just makes sense. Like, yeah, this is the better is yeah. This is such a talented roster. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and the Lions defense is not good. It's really not Not good. good, Not good at anything. Not good at anything at all. So. Funny enough, they played like 70% man coverage against Justin Jefferson last time, and he had a dud against the Lions. He didn't really, he didn't have a great game. At least uh, maybe I'm mistaken in that. Uh, pull it up really quickly. But I think that Justin Jefferson can have continuous success just about whenever he wants to. He's like ninth in the NFL in terms of creating against man coverage. Like that's the kind of guy that he is. He's always going to be able to have that kind of impact. So. But if you if you look at this Vikings offense outside of the running game and Justin Jefferson, what scares you? And that's kind of what I've been trying to talk about a lot with the Vikings this season is if you do say you want to take away Justin Jefferson, you put in the Lions case, you put Jeff Kuda on him and you just say, look, you and then you maybe put a safety over top. Who else is in this game scares you from an offensive perspective as a wide receiver or a weapon? Like, who do you think that they would turn to? Well, yeah, I mean, I think Hawk is valuable, and I think Thielen is, well, uh, you know, I, the deal with Thielen is he's been disappointing, but he's still a, a decent player, and mm-hmm. and so even though from like a fantasy standpoint, you're not gonna, re- you can't rely on Thielen anymore. Um, yeah. I think Kirk Kirk can, he can still go to him on third down or whatever, um, and now he has multiple options uh, where underneath uh, whatever wherever you're working, Justin, you can get guys open, and that's what we saw against the Jets. Uh, like just in the same way you might say, okay, uh, Akuda, we can match him up on Jefferson there. You know, you wanted to see what was it like to get sauce uh, against Justin Jefferson, or what is it like to get DJ Reed against Jeff- Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Can they bracket him or whatever? They're not able to stop him. Like, you know, he can do whatever he wants. And then Kirk was able to find different guys throughout the game. And it doesn't matter. It could be any of those four guys, Osborne or Rager, even mm-hmm. like he can figure it out. Um, so yeah, I'm confident enough in Kirk Cousins um, that, you know, That's whatever weird. he does, uh, you know, he'll be able to sort it out. So it's uh, one of the weirdest yeah. things I've ever heard, by the way. Confident <laughs> in Kirk Cousins. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Uh, yeah, by the way, Justin Jefferson <laughs> had six targets, three catches for 14 yards against the Lions. I think he's in for a nice revenge game against Detroit. This should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fireworks. Hopefully, the, uh, dud in the first half that was last time and then you start to see things kick up in the second half hopefully the Lions offense comes to play all game because I think this could be one of the 
one of the most fun matchups this weekend. Again, I know that the over-under does tell you that to an extent, but you never really know when these uh, in-division games. Speaking of in-division games, this weekend is full of fun in-division games. The Browns are six-point underdogs against the Bengals, who just de- defeated the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's a 47-point over-under. You kind of expect that, again, this AFC North, when they play each other, who knows what's going to happen. And it right now, at least the last couple times the Browns and the Bengals have played, the Browns have had the Bengals numbers. So we finally get Jamar Chase back last week against the Chiefs. He doesn't have those huge downfield plays really because the Chiefs did not let them do that, but he was still destroying everybody underneath. Had an incredible slingshot route against Joshua Williams, a rookie cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs, and everyone's calling for offensive pass interference. That's just a great route. Go watch the details. Matt Waldman has a great breakdown of it. Guys, check it out. Uh, the, the slingshot route is undefeated, and Jamar Chase is that good. How does it feel getting to watch Jamar Chase back on the football field once again? Oh, He's my favorite player probably uh, ever. <laughs> I, that's an exaggeration, but I mean, just like he's, he's literally, I mean – I enjoy watching him so much. Just he, everything he does is is so creative, mm-hmm. uh, and just he has so many solutions to different problems. Uh, he's just th- so thoroughly impressive, um, in really I don't know, just like pure explosiveness and just being able to apply that and, and use you know every tool that he has. Uh, he's so fun to watch. Um, I'm really excited about this Denzel Ward matchup because yeah. i think believe last season denzel played really well against mm-hmm. jamar chase um it was one of his worst games uh on the season and so um excited about that matchup again um but yeah overall i would i would still take the Bengals. i think but where are you at um in terms of this Bengals defense because yeah. um for me that that's the most interesting thing is to see how they've kind of come together and, and bounce back um Man, this Bengals defense is in in my it's not even my opinion anymore. You guys saw it. It's the most underrated and well one of the most well coached units in the NFL. They're very mm-hmm. multiple and they can do so many different things and they can play so many different things competently and well. They play man coverage well, they play zone well, they break on routes well, they tackle really, really well. They're one of the best tackling de- defenses in the NFL. Guys don't get a ton of yak typically. The Chiefs were unable to create a ton of yak against them. And when a couple times that they did, you know, Travis Kelsey ended up getting a fumble out of someone just taking his hand and the, putting the jaws of life on that football and just ripping it and ripping it for like five seconds. It took him a long time to get it out, but he did. Um, but they're such a really good, well-coached unit. And when I say multiple, on third downs, their go-to bread and butter is basically just to play press on the outside and then bring everyone up to the line of scrimmage. You don't know who's blitzing. You don't know who's dropping. You don't know who's coming. That is one of the most unforgiving positions to be in for an offensive line. A, really against an offensive line that hasn't been very good this year on, on the Cleveland Browns. That's what you're going to be looking for in this game. How many times to the, to the Cincinnati Bengals just line up their linebackers, their corners, anywhere around the offensive line and say, you can't figure out who's coming, who's dropping. Like that's it's a scary thing for an offensive line. And I think the the Chiefs offensive line will tell you that it was a, a very tough matchup. Patrick Mahomes had a couple of times where he got hit pretty hard on the blitzes. He was able to get the ball downfield. So it's all about 
trying to figure out what they want to do and then making a pay for it. I'm going to have an actual breakdown of the third down battle between the Chiefs and the Bengals coming out on RGR football on Thursday when this should be down. So this should be today, Thursday. It should be dropping tonight. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's one of the best pieces of work I've ever done. But yeah, this, this I, I really, I had so much fun doing it. Like it was, honestly, I got a, a, like a high. You know how you get runner's high sometimes? I got a, a <laughs> high after I got done. I was so pumped up about it. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. But yeah, this this Bengals defense is is legit. And with a, a, a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who was rusty last week, he's probably going to be rusty again this week. Could be a prime opportunity for them to feast. So in, in my opinion, uh, the Chiefs are pretty one-dimensional as far as it being the, the Kelsey show. Um, how did the Bengals limit him? And like, what's is that a blueprint for how you beat the Chiefs? I mean, of course, like we just talked a little bit about uh, Justin Jefferson and Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins and Kirk being able to do enough to like figure out the other pieces. And obviously, Mahomes is the greatest at doing that. Yeah. But if you limit Kelsey, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can win against the Chiefs, I think. So, what's your thought on what the Bengals did? Well, uh- I'm not entirely sure that the Bengals stopped Travis Kelsey. For me, Mm -hmm. I mean, apparently Mitchell Schwartz reported after the game that he had been dealing with the flu leading up to the game, Travis was. Um, He didn't look normal, in my opinion. He looked a little slow and a little lethargic on the field. And that's what limited him himself, in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. it, it was really more of the schematic differences that the Bengals attacked them with. But the Chiefs also last uh, on, sun- on Sunday were more two-dimensional. They ran the ball actually quite well, and they really committed yeah. to it. There was one point that there was nearly a 50-50 split between pass and run. So I think that they consciously understood that the Bengals want to take away the pass. So they were like, okay, fine. We're gonna we're gonna try to and again they ran the ball to a tune of like five point nine yards per carry on the day. So they did a pretty good job. And there were some situational issues that they had, um, maybe not running the football when they should have, or maybe not throwing it when they should have. It just it was a little bit of a an interesting, like I said, a really good back and forth. The Bengals had a really nice game plan. They they got the Chiefs a couple times. The Chiefs got them back for it. And then at the end of the day, um, they won on that third down and it, it won in the game. So just a few things here and there, and that's a different game. So I don't necessarily think it's a blueprint. It's something the Chiefs will have to watch out for, though. Um, having what the I like the, you know, the Miami Dolphins had this ami- these amoeba fronts back back when Brian Flores was their head coach and the, he, their defense defensive coordinator or whatever you want to call it <laughs> and that was where you you could line again line up a bunch of guys up in the front and you don't know who's coming i think that does play quarterback and plays with offensive protection calls and, and i think patrick has a little bit of an understanding now that he's going to be looking for that a little bit more but i don't think that if you limit travis kelsey that you uh that you stop this offense i do think that he's that good at, at getting the ball where it needs to but him and juju Travis and Juju have been really important to the success of of their offense and um, having McCole Hardman not there and even Clyde Edwards-Alaire to an extent, he's been one of their best red zone scorers this year. So they've kind of had some injury luck too. So yeah, I wouldn't say the Bengals laid a blueprint for him. I think they just uh, had a couple bounces of the ball go the wrong way. All right. Or the right way, depending on how how you look at it. I got you. (laughs) All right. So, this Bengals offense, by the way, since we're going to switch back over to this Bengals game, is so much better than last year. 
I the last year it was very much one dimensional mm-hmm. in terms of if they were under center and this is you can go back and watch almost any Bengals game from last year. If they were under center, they were running the football. Like it was almost a down for down. If they're under center, they're running it. And you could you could find it. You could find the tunes. So when they, they now they run shotgun. They run duo out of shotgun. They run a ton of really different schematic runs out of shotgun. I do think that Smajay Pine is probably better suited for the offensive line they have right now. Um, mm. I know that uh, I know Joe Mixon is, is more talented. Smash P. Ryan is a, a downhill mauler running back. And right now in December, I think he fits their, their, their play style and offense a little bit better. And you use Mixon more as a dynamic playmaker. But um, again, Bengals offense improved. What do you expect to see from them all, all around against this Browns defense? Yeah. Um, like you're saying, I think that confidence in terms of running the ball being there uh, is huge. And I don't think they, um, I can have a better matchup than the Browns who have been weak against the, <laughs> the run all year. So um, just as far as the, uh, that confidence there, um, the Jamar Chase, Denzel Ward matchups, less of a concern. Uh, and so that that's why I, I'm pretty happy to roll with the Bengals here just because um, I think they'll be able to get it done on the ground. Yeah, there's going to – I really don't know if the Browns can, can hold up with the run game. But I do think that the Browns can offer something – against that with the run themselves and the Bengals yeah. are going to want to limit possessions. That's what they did against the chiefs. I think they're going to try and do the same with everybody. And the way you do that run in the football, the Browns can do that too. This is not just a, uh, uh, a team that wants to throw the ball over the yard just because Deshaun Watson's back. Nick Chubb can have a huge impact on this game. And I do think that he can have a bounce back in, in a sense, not that he had a terrible uh, week last week, but this is a game against a division opponent who, doesn't have the best run defense in the NFL. I know that they uh, stopped Derrick Henry a few weeks ago, but that's when you sell everything out because the Tennessee Titans have no way of, of help <laughs> right. doing anything when they get down. They can't throw the football to save their life. So I do think you can you can find a way to run the ball in this game. And Nick Chubb is a guy that I definitely love in this game. He's had 58 runs of 20 or more yards since 2015 that's like 20 more than any running back in the nfl he's just he's just different so wow (laughs) right that's a crazy stat isn't it that's amazing (laughs) nuts even more than derrick henry he's like right he's there derrick henry does all the time so he's just so good i think this offensive uh this offensive line is going to get back to running the football in this game against the bengals they're plus six underdogs i think that they can find a way to close that gap and and maybe um get the spread down, but I do think the Bengals win this game. Do you think uh, there's any hope for a bounce back from the, the passing offense? Because Amari Cooper didn't have the best week last week. There were some Donovan Peoples Jones has become like a go-to player in this offense. So yeah. how do you see the passing, um, the passing attack unfolding in Cleveland? Yeah. So yeah, really, I mean, Deshaun Watson was just rusty. Uh, everything is there as far as the the processing goes and how he's moving through his progression as he's on the move. Um, and so it was just literally just missing throws, throwing the ball in the dirt. Uh, there was one play where he, um, Amari Cooper ran a, a deep curl or a comeback, I think, and Watson had him running a vert instead. It's just communication stuff that will get ironed out and can get ironed out within a week. It's not, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, my first game back, I run around and get hit a little bit. I get to hand the ball off to Chubb a bunch against, you know, 
Texans. <laughs> we can do whatever we want because yeah, our right. defense is going to score three touchdowns. But <laughs> the but I think that that you know this will be a good test. But I'm not um, I'm not concerned about Watson in the sense of like I I think he'll be back. I don't I don't think that there's <laughs> like oh yeah he's you know not good anymore. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, it's just you know as far as like he's not going to keep throwing the ball in the dirt. It's, he missed like four throws like that, but that's not yeah. going to happen this week. So I hope so because I do think, again, he's one of the most talented players in the NFL. Unfortunately, we do have to uh, talk about that just uh, with everything that's gone on in Cleveland over the past year. He is yeah. now part of their offense, so we do have to analyze it. He's such a talented player. He's going to make some plays with his legs. I think he can do that this week against the Bengals. And I, I do think that uh, specifically their tight end, David Njoku and Amari Cooper can have some impact on this game to keep it close with Cincinnati, their in-division opponent. <clears throat> to the, the last in-division opponent we're going to talk about for this slate, the New York Jumbo Jets are <laughs> nine-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Buffalo Bills. This is a kind of a head-scratcher, I won't lie. I don't, I don't think that they should be nine-and-a-half-point underdogs when they've already won. They beat them with Zach Wilson, okay? Zach Wilson has been maybe the second worst quarterback in the NFL this season, if not the worst quarterback in the NFL this season. And Mike White's been mm -hmm. such a huge upgrade because he makes the plays that are supposed to happen on time. He gets the ball out on time. He's not sitting back there, not looking at his proper weapons and just trying to make something happen with his legs. And then when he can't, he throws it directly to a defender. Like, he's not doing that. Mike White <laughs> is operating the offense competently. That their run game has really taken a, a step up. You know, after Brees Hall went down, they had, you know, they traded for James Robinson. He looks like the injury is starting to really take its toll after the early part of the season where he looked good. Now, you know, Michael Carter got hurt. Tyler Johnson, you had now Bam Knight in, and he looks pretty good. Looks like the run game's getting back to it, and that helps a quarterback like Mike White, who isn't, you know, he's not a world beater, but he has a good arm. He's pretty accurate. And again, timing, getting the ball on, out on time to your receivers, your playmakers. There, there are some real weapons in this offense. I feel like that gets overlooked because Zach Wilson has rendered Elijah Moore useless so so much though that he asked for a trade so this quarterback matchup is going to be i think it's gonna be a lot of fun how do you think it's going to match up this weekend yeah i, I mean i still think the bills are going to win but uh yeah, yeah as far as the those points those are tempting, no, uh, that's, so tempting. that's plenty <laughs> tempting so uh yeah i like that nine and a half um i, I will be taking a deeper look at that <laughs> um but yeah, just as far as the the main theme of this game, I think uh, Garrett Wilson's emergence and him mm -hmm. connecting with Mike White and, and uh, like that that connection is going to be you know all the difference. Uh, last game they played, Michael Carter had a big game, so he had twelve yeah. carries, seventy six yards, and a touchdown. Um, just a great performance in in the run game. They they played really well uh, as far as uh, the Jets, um, and so. Uh, for me though, it, it's still going to be about Garrett Wilson and, and how are they going to be able to stop him? And so, uh, Tredavious white, I haven't heard much about him. Um, as far as how he's yeah. performed, I don't think he's really, uh, done anything to stand out. I know he's returning from his ACL and all that, but, um, not somebody that I'm necessarily afraid of. So, um, starting Garrett Wilson, uh, excited about what he can do against this defense. Um, and yeah, rolling with Mike white is, uh, not a bad, 
Not a bad play. As far as uh, which running backs I trust, um, this is tough. I think I would – so tr- what do we mean by trust? Um, I would say uh, I I think Michael Carter is going to perform uh, mm-hmm. or get more volume than Bam Knight. Um, and so as far as playability, I don't know if you, know, you would ever play either guy. Um, I think that keeps them yeah. kind of mediocre. Um, but, yeah, like – you know, just overall, the Jets running game, if they win there um, and make some big gains like they did last time with Carter, uh, then they got a shot to close that nine and a half. So I think that's good. But on the on the uh, on the Bills side, we've had kind of had an emergence with James Cooks. So what do you think yeah. about that situation? You know, it's an interesting one because coming out of Georgia, that he wasn't obviously look at him. He's not a huge run between the tackles guy. But the Bills' offensive line has been getting him space to operate. That's what you need for a guy that's really more of a hit the hole and get into the second level, do what you can quickly, obviously get the ball in his hands with the passing game. But his vision, his patience has slowed down a little bit. This is the point in that the NFL season, especially for running backs, that if you it takes a little while to get into the offense, you're not just given the reins like Kenneth Walker and you know Brees Hall. It takes a little bit of time to get the feel of the offense and really to allow the game to slow down. And right now, I think we're seeing that with James Cook. It's slowing down a little bit for him. Yes, the holes are there from the Bills' offensive line, but to be able to take advantage of it, you don't have to guess yourself. So the game is slowing down for James Cook. There's trust growing between him, coaching staff, and Josh Allen, that's always great to see. He's getting more targets in the passing game, too. This was what I had, had envisioned him coming out, him being the pass passing down back for this offense that seriously lacked one. I, I, I like Devin Singletary as a runner. He's just he's not a very good pass catching back in terms of effectiveness. He's efficient, fine. He's not explosive. He's not going to make explosive plays. James Cook is going to make explosive plays. And this offense does kind of need to have some explosion to it with Josh Allen. You have to be able to make plays down the field and be able to hit some holes and some gaps and take some pressure off Josh Allen. You don't want him running the football a ton like he does. It's going to get him hurt, especially when he's already dealing with an injury in his elbow. It's just a bad idea. So it does make a lot of sense that we're seeing his the resurgence here, at least, no, not resurgence, a surge from James mm-hmm. Cook because mm-hmm. they are developing, again, the trust with him. And again, the game is really slowing down for him. So Against the Jets, I do think this is a good opportunity for him to make an impact because I don't think Devin Singletary against this defense is going to be able to be as effective as a guy like James Cook. Yeah, agree. Um, the the kind of the theme of the last game was Josh Allen two rushing touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, and I think you know just what they're able to do limiting him in the past game that was big. But um, as far as Gabe Davis goes, the Gabe Davis formula <laughs> is very straightforward. They have a terrible defense passing defense like the minnesota vikings or the pittsburgh steelers you start gabe davis if they have anybody who's competent then you you don't bother um if you get if you get something where it's like okay we have uh one shadow defender on stefan Diggs, maybe like the the rams um then gabe davis can score one of those kind of dinky touchdowns um but really the theme is uh we need to see a, a terrible passing defense um and uh, a, maybe even potentially a good offense on the other side um for us to keep the the volume mm-hmm. high um that that's what, that's our formula for Gabe Davis other than that we just kind of let him sit on the bench yeah you're not wrong about that Gabe Davis is the master of catching a touchdown earlier in the game and then disappearing because the defense <laughs> is like hey we shouldn't let that guy get behind us again and then they don't 
It just right. doesn't work. Right. <laughs> Funny enough, um, if you guys are interested in seeing more about Garrett Wilson, I know that Jetpack has a ton of breakdowns on his Twitter. Again, that's at Jetpack Galileo. There's tons of intricate, detailed breakdowns of Garrett Wilson running routes and his athletic ability to break off routes, to break off corners, just the way that his athletic ability is used. Make sure to go check those out. You can just search in your, your, your Twitter bar. Come join us again in the Discord. Make sure you do that. We have tons of stuff like there. Elijah Moore is a fun, a fun guy. I, I love watching Elijah Moore play. If I, he, you know, he's getting targets again. He got six targets last, last week. It didn't be, it wasn't effective because I don't really know. Honestly, it looked like Mike White had some inaccurate throws and Elijah maybe not in the right spot at all times. But they cut a big pass out of bounds. You know, it's just yeah. you know, kind of the little things like that where. Yeah, Elijah Moore is a talented player, but Corey Davis coming back to this offense does thorough wrench in Elijah Moore's upside because he does play that X role. He's not – Elijah can do it. They don't want him to anymore. They pretty much said this season you're going to be the slot receiver. You have your Z. You have your X now that he's healthy. And, you know, Elijah's a really impactful player out of the slot. Stop here. Okay, here's 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 what the Jets have to do. Stop drawing up plays for Braxton Berrios. Stop doing it. Get that <laughs> crap out of the offense. That should be Elijah Moore's job. I don't want to see Braxton Berrios out there at all. Yeah, he's a great returner. Keep him on special teams. Get him out of the offense. Just stop it. Be done with it. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. So, these tight ends suck, by the way. I don't know well, if you know. Yeah, all yeah. Of these tight ends are terrible. Dawson Knox last year was uh, – he, he fooled me. I got fooled by Dawson Knox, and I admit it knowingly that it was all touchdowns i understand that it was and i didn't care i thought those touchdowns would happen again he's yeah, right. worse than gabe davis yeah he's yeah well it's kind of like robert tanyan it was like oh Ugh. maybe there's nobody else maybe he can you know it's kind of like the same maybe we can get a little catch catch the catch the crumbs and <laughs> so mad there's nothing there and why are the jets over here totally adding two up. tight ends two tight ends in the offseason last year what are we doing yeah. here? Tyler Conklin, so, CJ yeah. Ushmanzada. What? Come on. <laughs> yeah, or is it, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. CJ Uzama. <laughs> Uzama, yeah. I, I want to say Ushmanzada over here. CJ Ushmanzada. Yeah, that was a Bengals guy back when you played. That's yeah, why TJ. I did that. Yeah, yeah. I just switched him out. Whatever. But yes, yeah, don't right. play these tight ends, guys. Don't do it. You'll get uh, heartache, heartache, heartache. The last game on the slate that we're going to talk about is the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football is three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a 51.1, a 51-and-a-half-point over-under. This game, it could be fun. It really depends on which offensive coordinator shows up, the one that plays against the Chiefs where they like to air the ball out, or the one that plays in every other game where they just make Justin Herbert be a throw-from-the-pocket and only throw the ball five yards down the field quarterback. I mean, obviously, he had the great throw to Keenan Allen last uh, last week on fourth down. I don't know if you guys saw that throw. Go watch it. It's incredible. And Justin Herbert is much more than a social media quarterback, no matter what people say. Morons on uh, Twitter and Fox that just need a platform talk about. It. He's so good. Uh, but let's just have a little a little love session about Justin Herbert. Hopefully, the uh, the offense lets him throw the ball down the field a little bit this week because that'd be so much fun. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, is Mike Williams back yet? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It depends. Okay. His high ankle yeah. sprain has been uh, 
aggravating him. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just the, the general theme, I think Jalen Waddle said he's going to be okay. So I, I like, I would even take the dolphins at three and a half. I'd take the yeah. points too. Um, I, I just think uh, whatever you saw last week, um, that's a special defense. The Niners have. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the chargers are nothing like that. And, and so just from a scheme to scheme standpoint, uh, rolling with the Dolphins should be pretty exciting for a bounce back game, both for Tua uh, and uh, you know, in terms of your betting and how you're playing that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, Justin Herbert goes, um, it was good to see Keenan Allen uh, get involved, and um, he was my key to uh, winning an underdog parlay. Um, nice. So you know, able to collect <laughs> on those. The best. So okay. So what I found as far as the underdog parlays go is I do so much better when I have insurance. And so I think that's such a great feature and you can't really do that anywhere else. Uh, yeah. So w- when you can, uh, you know, have insurance and you take uh, 10X if you hit all five and then uh, two and a half if you hit four and it can be any, you can miss any one of the, your five. I mean, that's been the story of my life is all these parlays that I had just one, <laughs> one off, man. But now it's solved with the the underdog insurance. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, so Keenan Allen, uh, he was my guy last week to, to close it out for me. And uh, so that was good to get a win there. I um, love this. But yeah, good to see Herbert bounce, you know, the ball his way. Um, and I think they have all the weapons to make this a really fun game. Yeah, speaking of underdog, you guys know you can use the code Astro and get a $100 deposit match up to $100. On your first deposit and go play in all of these things. They are just starting to open up all of their pools for the playoffs. This is where you can make some money. It's a lot of fun. I did a ton of best ball stuff this offseason, and I'm going to keep doing it. This next year, we're going to get involved in underdog all offseason. I don't know how many (laughs) best ball drafts I'm going to have, but it's going to be far too many. But the best part about them is that you don't have to manage them. So just draft them and forget about it until you're maybe in week 15, and then you go check up on them and you're winning 100 bucks. So, yeah, that's all you got to do. Use the code Astro in your first deposit. $100 match up to $100 at Underdog. Make sure you're checking that out as the season goes and all the way through the offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of, I have a question for you. Do you know who leads the Chargers in receiving yards this year? Is it Austin Eckler? It is not Austin Eckler. It is Joshua Palmer. Joshua Palmer leads the Chargers in receiving. This is ridiculous, by the way. Um, Guy out of Tennessee two years ago, you know, he showed up in the last, like, what, three or four games of the season last year. Obviously, through injury, he's kind of been the de facto number one with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out. But now that you have Keenan Allen back, I think Joshua Palmer takes over that Mike Williams role. And that's what I want to see in this game. Because the Dolphins have Tua throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill down the field. Let's get the ball down the field for Justin Herbert, please. He has one of the most talented and special arms in the NFL, and let him use a little bit. Let him use it just a little bit. I'd love to see it. Keenan Allen is a great route runner. Obviously, Austin Eckler, incredible player. Just I'm so upset that I missed on him so hard this year. Uh, after the first like month of the season, I was like, okay, I was right about this guy. They're going to lean him back. And then they were like, all of our running backs suck outside of Eckler, so we're just going to throw you the ball. You can do whatever you want to. You can score all those touchdowns again. And now he's the RB1 on the season. So, yeah, there's that for you. Bad advice on my part. But this this game, I think, honestly, I watched the game, the Miami game against the 49ers last week. And I, I have to say, the 
the 49ers didn't really do as much damage on defense as I thought they were going to. Tua was just throwing the ball. He was sailing it over everybody. Guys that yep. were wide open. He yep. missed Jalen Waddle on multiple wide open crossers over the middle of the field. Just like missed over his head. So I don't know what was going on there. I'm hoping that he can come back this week. They can run the ball a little bit better. Maybe that settles Tua down a little bit because this is the worst I think it might be the worst run rush defense in the NFL in the, with the Chargers. So I think you can reasonably fire up Jeff Wilson Jr. You can reasonably fire up um, you know Raheem Mostert. The, those guys are probably going to score a touchdown in this game too. So the the, the rushes back and forth could be a lot of fun. Um, this is another matchup. You're probably not starting any of the tight ends. Uh, but is there a guy in, in this game that you think could have a big impact that isn't on most people's radar? Just kind of threw that one to you. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Fair. I think it, I fair. think the, it's very star driven. Oh, okay. Well, I'll say you know one of those running backs, right? Uh, as far as the Dolphins mm-hmm. go, I think we'll have a good game. But um, I I think this, I mean the Dolphins just in general are very star driven with the the way that they're built, um, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, there's nobody to me. I mean, you could say maybe DeAndre Carter. Uh, might be able to sneak a touchdown in there mm-hmm. um but yeah generally speaking i, I think this is going to be a a two a bounce back game you know three four touchdowns kind of deal or at least 300 yards um kind of deal so yeah i'm with you there i like the deandre carter call especially because this game tends is should be fireworks and the one speed playmaker they have on, in that offense with the Chargers is DeAndre Carter. So I think that, that, that that's a pretty good call. I don't think that the uh, Miami defense is all that great. They have a lot of talented players. I love Javon Holland. He was out of Oregon two years ago. He's one of my favorite, I think my favorite players in the NFL in terms of defensive players. You guys check him out. He's an incredible player. But they, yeah, they have a lot of like star caliber players. It doesn't feel like they mesh together well. And, and that's, becoming a little bit of a problem for them against good teams and yeah why is brock, that brock it, purdy lit them up by the way brock did. purdy guys Mr. irrelevant the very last big in the draft last year lit up that defense i don't know what's going on there but uh there, there's something needs to happen now because they, they if they want to make a stretch run in the playoffs that you need to be able to stop anybody and right now I don't, I don't, they couldn't stop brock purdy so i think justin herbert should have a a nice a nice bounce back game after he struggled in, in quite handily against the Raiders, which was mind blowing. I couldn't believe that, by the way. Couldn't believe it. That game was absolutely weird in every sense of the word. And I, like I said, I think the Dolphins do win this game just like you do. The Chargers might cover. They seem to play weird close games every single week. Wouldn't surprise me if if they found a way to cover this game, just because that's. <laughs> The Chargers' way of life is to play bad and just just good enough to to lose a little bit, just by a little bit. Uh, yeah. Is there any game on this slate that you're over that you're excited about that we didn't talk about? I'm pull it up real quick. Yeah, because I got um, like Philly and the Giants could be fun. Oh, uh, here's a weird one: Cam Akers against the Raiders. Oh, that's not that's not a like a game I'm excited oh, yeah, about. No. But I think that he's a guy that I have to <laughs> consider starting. And right. So now that 
now that he's kind of like weirdly back, I think that that's an interesting matchup. So I'm, if, I'm probably going to end up starting him this week. But if he didn't score two touchdowns last week, he could have saved me this entire week and not having to stress <laughs> out. Like I'm stressed right now. I have right. him in a couple of leagues, and I'm just like, he scored two touchdowns last week. He's got the Raiders this week. What am I going to do? What am right. I going to do? Uh, yeah, man. yeah. That's um, frustrating. Yeah, Tyler Huntley it, versus though. Kenny Pickett's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's I think pretty that's about much. It. It. I think we talked about the good games. <laughs> exactly. I think we covered them. This yeah. this uh, slate just got a whole lot worse. I think I think Philly and Giants could be interesting. But uh, again, if you guys have any questions, yeah. you can just hit us up directly on Twitter. I'm at in harm's way nineteen. He is at jet at Jetpack Galileo. You can also find us at in the Discord. Make sure you guys are in there. Let us know you want a link to it. We can get you all hooked up. Tons of fun, tons of film breakdowns, and just lots of good conversations. So thank you so much for coming back. I'm glad we got to finally get together again and talk about fantasy and football and, and film. It's so much so much fun. Let everyone know what you're, uh, what you're currently doing, what you're maybe tease a little bit, what you're doing in the Discord, and uh, yeah, let them all know. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so for me, um, we just finished our uh, high school football season, so that was actually – um, oh, yeah. really fun time for me but that's that's why i was uh, absent <laughs> um, so now i'm back uh I'll, I'll hope to be back every every once in a while um but yeah just excited overall and then as far as the discord goes we talked a little bit about what we've been building but the next thing that we're launching uh is going to be our college football scouting um so that's going to be a subscription-based type deal we'll have a, a separate channel where it's all just college football scouting you'll get to see what goes into the rookie guide so we'll get into details you get all those updates as we go um, normally the rookie guide that we build out that gets launched uh, early April. Um, but if you're in that discord group, then you're going to see the whole process. You'll see all the, all 22 of the college players. Um, we'll be able to talk you through everything that we're detailing as we go. Um, and I think that's really the, the best way, right? We can put out a product yeah. that we're really mm -hmm. confident in. You can get the scouting reports and all that kind of stuff, but you get so much flavor when you get to see, Hey, here's all these clips. And with discord is such a great app because you know, you can just look up, Hey, what's this player name. Right. And then you can yeah. see on that feed. Oh, okay. I got 20 clips of um, breaking down Jalen Hyatt or whatever. So um, just as far as, as we get into the scouting season, as college football wraps up, that'll be a new exciting thing that we do with the discord. Um, so get ready for that subscription to launch. Be on the lookout uh, with that. Well, that'll be on everybody's Twitter uh, that's related to the astronauts. So, um, yeah, overall though, excited about where we're headed, excited to be back, uh, in the game, no longer coaching. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm excited about that. Scouting season has been a little earlier for me too. We got, we got more stuff coming up. I want to drop them in the discord already, but I had to hold back as soon as I heard that we were doing that. So I'm like, waiting, just waiting for yeah. it. You guys are going to, you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially when the scouting season hits again, you guys make, make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter. I, would, I don't have any problems asking, uh, answering any questions, anything like that. So feel free, hit us both up. This is the Fantasy Football Astronauts Podcast, and we are blasting off again. We'll see you guys next time.